Well, hello, friends. Today's episode of Beaver Bites is going to be brought to you in one straight fell swoop. In other words, we won't be interrupting it at all. We will bookend it with an ad at the beginning and at the end of the show. Please enjoy this. Thanks, eh? Hey there, Mr. Grizzly. Hey, Mr. Beaver, how you doing? I'm doing really well. Hey, uh, did you get something in the mail lately? Yes, um, Miss V Mysteries. I yeah, I did too. Awesome. Bedside reading. Yes. Um, for those who don't know, the Miss V Mysteries is an LGBTQ plus cozy mystery series written by Delilah Knight. Miss V is 60, trans, and classy, sassy, and a bit smart-assy. From her kitten heels to her chic bob, Miss V is a lady through and through. When her late aunt's lawyer is found murdered, and clutching V's favorite Chanel jacket, she is immediately arrested. Can she find the real killer before the local law puts her away for good? Will she be forced to trade 50s rock and roll for jailhouse blues? Do prisons even have a happy hour? Well, none of the ones I've been in. Wait, what? What? There's a story there. No. We'll talk about that after the ad. Miss V and the Lettrous Lawyer is the first book in a humorous, cozy mystery series from by ace author Delilah Knight. On sale now wherever ebooks are sold. Paperback copies are also available, or call your local library and ask them to get it in. Signed copies available at www.corvidmoonpublishing.com. That's www.corvidmoonpublishing, all in one word, .com. The Miss V Mysteries. You need to be reading it. Well, hello, kids, and welcome to episode number seven of Beaver Bites, the True North Eager Beaver Podcast's special election 44 coverage. Uh, today, recording day is Saturday, uh, September 18th, and I have with me Mr. Grizzly. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Mr. Grizzly having the breakfast of champions. Gummy worms <laughs> and coffee. <laughs> no, not not edibles. I just want to stress that they're not edibles. They're literally just gummy worms. I can't do that stuff because I'm allergic to it. It'll kill me. So, to those who do enjoy, to those who don't, cool. <laughs> I'm not one to judge because uh, I've often had a uh, cookie breakfast. <clears throat> mm, cookies, oatmeal mm. raisin. At least you got oatmeal in there, right? You know what? I was listening uh, listening to uh, some podcasts. I think I think it was David Cochran uh, from CBC News who was making the case for oatmeal cookies, and somebody said oatmeal cookie is the perfect breakfast cookie. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, oatmeal raisin, right? So you've got your you've got your um, oatmeal, which is you know good to cleanse, and then the raisins, which help you poop. <laughs> Throw a little bran and you're good. <laughs> well, yeah. Oatmeal raisin bran cookies. Mm, that's mm. Uh, are we getting paid for that? <laughs> well, there's no. We didn't mention an actual name of a company, right? So. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, so, kids, uh, yeah, we're the 18th, and election day is the 20th, so it's uh, coming very fast. Uh, the last time we recorded was on the 12th, so a lot has happened in the last few days. Uh, so, uh, 
we're just going to go right into it and uh, try to catch us up to where we are in the final push. Uh, does that sound okay? Sounds good to me. All right, let's do this. Cool. And we're... Oh, <laughs> Let's leave that in. I think it's fine. Uh, <laughs> just leave it in. I had no idea. I couldn't get... I couldn't get... That's twice today. I couldn't get off the starting block. <laughs> it happens. There was no gun sound. I didn't make that. Pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh boy kids uh yeah as you can tell we're getting near the end of it um so uh, uh mr grizzly uh have you had a chance to check in a little bit because i know you were busy before uh, mm -hmm. but uh how's it been the last few days well uh, equally as busy but i did have a little bit of time to do some reading and researching and looking and um my uh, what's the word i'm looking for to describe my cumulative base of knowledge was summed up in one thing. Aaron O'Toole can't answer a bloody question. Mm. Refuses to answer a question. Like sidesteps it and then blames Trudeau for everything. They, they, like the press kept asking him, you you sided with uh, Jason Kenney and said he handled the pandemic better than, than the federal government did and Alberta is on fire right now. What do you have to say about that? Well, Justin Trudeau, this is like, Clearly, the man has no plan, can't answer a question. He totally canceled out on an appearance on CTV for a Q&A session, just dropped it at the last second. Mm -hmm. Is this the kind of man you want as prime minister? I mean, the man has no backbone. Like, forget about, I've done my rant about the current crop of, of uh, some members of the current crop of the conservative party, which is, let's face it, they're the reformers who, who just want to hurt people who they feel are lesser than them. Not every conservative is like that, right? If you're a progressive conservative, you don't fall into that category. But then I saw Brian Mulroney the other day, who was a progressive conservative, just climb into bed with Aaron O'Toole and say, he's going to remake the country of Canada. And, and I'm like, what the hell is going on with this world? I just don't get it. The man refuses to answer a direct question when it comes to, you know, how Jason Kenney handled the pandemic. And Kenney came out himself and said, yeah, we blew it. And then I heard rumor that a conservative staffer, I don't know who, and again, just a rumor, mm -hmm. was very upset and says, does Kenny have any idea what he's doing to our campaign? I'm like, uh, I don't think he could wait any longer because people are dropping like flies. Yeah, at the moment that he announced it, they said that uh, the hospital capacity, and this is not just like ICU capacity normal time, this is ICU plus surge capacity, right. was becoming so full that it, the, the hospitals might be overwhelmed within 10 days, like completely overwhelmed. And if you need any idea what that looks like, you just need to look at what's going on in Idaho, mm -hmm. south of us right now, where 100% of all the beds in the state are, are COVID. Are COVID. Yeah. And so, you know, you have a heart attack, you have a car accident, you have... They've already started canceling surgeries in Alberta. Not elective yep. surgeries, life-saving surgeries. Yep, yep, yep. Because people are selfish, self-centered. Yep. I'm not getting the vaccine. I don't know what's in it. You know what else? I don't know what's in a Big Mac, but I eat those. Yeah. But yeah, he waited till like, till he just could not wait no more. Couldn't wait any longer. 
Best yeah. summer ever. Didn't we call this back in late June when we said, this is a huge mistake when he opened up the province fully on July 1st and had Calgary stampede. You and I said, this is a mistake and people yep. are going to die. He's being ridiculous because he's a money-loving a-hole. You know yep. how much I despise the man. Well, he's just added fuel to the fire and it's gotten to the point where his support is so low in the province of Alberta, it's, he's almost non-existent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be really the, one of the interesting side effects of this election is that it may have cost two premiers, uh, two premiers their jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Moen and Ken. not the premier of Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. but two. Right, Pallister just like said, "Deuces, I'm out." <laughs> just, just left, and uh, yeah, you know uh, there, are, there are people, uh, and Kenny's getting it from both sides, from the left and from those that are even further right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, let well, the left, left of him in his party, <laughs> and then right of him in his party. So he, you know, he's. Uh, I mean, this one side. I'm not sure if it's the left or the right side, but they're asking for a leadership review at the moment. So you know. Dead man walking. Pretty much, yeah. No, no, you're absolutely right. It's the dead man walking is exactly the case. And hey, like I said, do you want Aaron O'Toole as your prime minister? The man keeps telling me he's going to be tough on China. After he was part of a consortium that signed a secret FIPA deal for 30 years that locked us into China, and if we don't meet their uh, schedule or their demands, they will be able to sue us. Like the the, the uh, what is it? The Trans Mountain Pipeline. Or the XL, which pipeline? The one that Trudeau bought. Everybody's like, why did he do this? Because China demands it. And if we don't do it, they will hold us over a barrel. And they have a larger population and a lot more money than we do. So we are beholden to China, thanks to Stephen Harper and Aaron O'Toole. Yep. Oh, and Jason Kenney was also part of that squad at the same time. So... Look, man, vote how you want to vote. I'm not telling you how to vote. But if you vote conservative, you are voting against yours and Canada's best interests. And you're going to put money into the pockets of wealthy people while those among us who are lesser than will suffer and die. That's what it boils down to. Yep. I, am I being hyperbolic? Maybe, maybe a pinch. But sometimes hyperbole, hyperbole is required to get a point across. If you vote conservative, you will die, period. Period. Yep. Uh, argue well, with me. Like literally, people who are listening, send me comments. Tell me I'm wrong. Prove to me how I'm wrong because you know I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why we had an episode, you know. Uh, several weeks ago when uh, COVID was rising, where we asked the question, are conservative governments bad for our health? Mm-hmm. Clearly they are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they want uh, to privatize healthcare. Pardon? O'Toole said he's on board with privatizing healthcare. Yeah. He will let the provinces decide when it comes to women's right to make a health choice. Yeah. 80, was it 81? I can't remember which was. 61, voted, 61 conservative uh, MPs voted to... Uh, take away a woman's right to choose and 81 voted against banning conversion therapy or was it 61 81 flip-flop i can't remember but it was i believe it was flip-flop yeah yeah so 61 voted against banning conversion therapy and 81 voted against a woman's right to choose so again is this the party that you want to rule the nation because they're going to take away your rights they're going to allow conversion therapy to take place which is torture Mm -hmm. this is this, these are not Canadian ideals. These yeah. are extreme right-wing 
evangelical religious ideals from yeah. from our neighbors to the south. And I'm not going trying to besmirch our neighbors to the south, but the evangelical group of people are the furthest thing from Christian there is. Mm-hmm. And religion has absolutely no place on Parliament Hill. None. Zero. It needs to be completely secular. It has no place in the House of Commons. None. Zero. And the minute you introduce religion into the House of Commons and start to use it as a cudgel, guess what? We've just become a religious state. And we are no better than some countries in the Middle East whose names I will not say. And we not, I don't want to go down that road. And these reformers who masquerade as cons, they don't give a damn about you. They care about two things, money and power. And that's all I have to say about it. You're vibrating. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm pissed. Uh, it's like these, these, yeah, I, I, yep, yep, I gotcha, I gotcha. Um, yeah, so, uh, let's s- stay on the subject of O'Toole. Uh, when we are, when we were, uh, in our last episode, we were talking about, uh, uh something I had said uh, previously about, uh, the conservative leader and the NDP leader. I know denouncing Trudeau, but trying so hard to be him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had mentioned uh, the trick that uh, O'Toole tried to do in the last moments of the English debate by pointing to a page of the liberal platform while accusing the liberals of wanting uh, to tax the sale of your uh, primary residence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was something that Trudeau had done to O'Toole with great effect in the French debate. Uh, by pointing to page 90 of the conservative uh, platform on uh, on uh, the repeal of uh, the order in council on assault weapons that was uh, proposed by Aaron O'Toole. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so it was basically, you know, you did it to me in French, I'm going to lift it and I'm going to do it to you in English. So it was, you know, monkey see, monkey do, mm-hmm. or rhyme rubber your glue or whatever. But O'Toole's attempt didn't work. And uh, I didn't know exactly why it didn't work at the time that we recorded because I had just found that out. But since then, I discovered that what O'Toole was doing is he was taking uh, a housing policy from the liberals uh, as it applied to flipping houses that you've owned for less than a year. Right. Not a primary residence. No. No. And then, and then applied primary residence to that. Mm-hmm. Said, okay, because it's a sale of the house, and there will be capital gains taxed at a higher level. So therefore, and then he just like slid in primary residence to that, and then, so I mean, we're he makes it up as he goes along. Well, he makes it up as it goes along, but I mean, we're we're literally sputtering here because mm-hmm. I mean, it's bad enough when you get to the end of your campaign and you have nothing left to say, but that's not bad enough. But then when you just said, okay, well, I'm just going to take something that you did that worked and try that less than a week after you did it. Yeah. Right. And, and then makes like, it's like, Oh my God, you know, it's, 
having nothing to say is one thing, and then outright political plagiarism is another. All right. Well, it's like you don't even have an original thought, now you don't even have an original move. Well, and that policy, by the way, is supported by the larger portion of the population because oh, yeah. you have housing prices that are outrageously expensive to begin with and people are buying and flipping houses and they're making a lot of money on it fine but they need to be paying their fair share of taxes because they're pricing basically the next two generations out of the housing market altogether and and, and when you turn around and see corporations buying up all these private residences and turn them into rental properties we're headed down the path of feudalism mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah um so uh O'Toole is uh he he's in trouble mm-hmm. uh and uh, i've noticed and, and we talked about it a little bit before uh that O'Toole and uh, Singh seem to have the same problem uh is that i think that they thought uh that all they had to do was just bash Trudeau and say that they had a plan without ever proving that they had one Yes, and it tried to appear likable. You know, one of my nicknames for an old tool has been Cuddles. We had dimples with, <laughs> we had dimples with <laughs> Andrew Shear, and we have Cuddles with uh, Aaron O'Toole. And what's really funny is that again, I'm listening to newscasts, whatnot, like this, and everybody like, and some of the newscasters. So uh, the cuddly O'Toole just went out. The- <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah, like, I, 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 yeah, I've been calling him Cuddles since day one. <laughs> so it's um, you will not. But but I, I think, you know, I think they really thought that if they bashed Trudeau and just tried to appear likable and uh, tried to crowd him out for the center, that this would be enough. And the problem is, is that we're getting to the end of the campaign. And uh, uh, one of the things that we had talked about uh, at the point where things were getting very, very tense and I said, you know, if the, the campaign gets blown, you know, it'll probably be because of three things, miscalculations on the liberals part, mm-hmm. right? The rise of COVID, the fires in BC and what was going on in Afghanistan. And, you know, since uh, since then, Afghanistan has uh, died down as an issue and uh, Canadians and, and uh, some of our allies from there have been coming back past the 31st of August. Uh, and so that has quelled that issue. Uh, the fires in BC, while some of them are still burning, I believe the provincial government has removed the state of emergency because the weather has turned enough. Um, so that's dying down as an issue somewhat over there. Uh, and the issue of COVID is the one uh, that is really uh, reared uh, and it's throwing a, a wrench in uh, the conservatives' plans um, for for the election, uh, and it seems that it may be both driving uh, Canadians back uh, into the arms of the Liberals, because if there's going to be a fourth wave, then the question then becomes who do we trust uh, to get us through it, mm-hmm. and on COVID management, you know. Uh, you know, if you're asking that specific issue, liberals get high marks uh, from the Canadian public, uh, as they should. Uh, so uh, that might be happening. Uh, and then on the other side, uh, you know, you have people running to the PPC because it looks like, uh, you know, vaccine mandates really are going to be a thing. 
Aaron O'Toole found himself in the, the unenviable position of having gone out on a limb uh, for four provincial premiers in particular, Doug Ford, uh, Blaine Higgs, uh, Scott Moe, and Jason Kenney. Mm-hmm. And uh, Doug Ford uh, looked like he had taken the steam out of uh, that argument by uh, reversing himself on uh, vaccine passports uh, because Quebec had done it and now Ontario had done it and that was the two biggest provinces and, you know, uh, that seemed to be doing it. But uh, we had three holdouts still. There was still Alberta, uh, New Brunswick and Saskatchewan and we've talked about them three in a past episode mm-hmm. uh, when uh, the numbers were starting to go up. Uh and within the space, uh, like spectacularly, within the space of 24 hours, Alberta went first, mm-hmm. and Jason Kenney had this disastrous press conference where he first apologized that, you know, for being wrong about everything, which like everybody in the country except himself and the people who think like him told him mm-hmm. that he was wrong, I guess. And then like a couple like lines later, but I will not apologize for trying to. <laughs> the thing for which he just apologized, he unapologized. The for. ego on this man, the the unmitigated gall. I just like really, you blew it. You admitted you blew it, and then said, "I'm not apologizing for blowing it." Like after after saying, "I I apologize." Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like so, it's like it's like he just like took it back in the same way. And and because he know, never the, meant a single word of it. Well, yeah. Well, and the irony of this is that this is Mr. Pickelane, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like two or three times in the last year where he's like done his whole thing where he gets up and then bellows a bit and then ends like Pickelane, right? Yeah, just like, he would have been better off had he picked Elaine. Yeah, no kidding. He's, he's, at least I could respect that. I have no respect for this man done. at all. None. Yeah. Zero. And Aaron O'Toole did that. He picked Elaine, right? Yeah. He was like, okay, I'm going to be going. You know, against passports and saying, you know, like this, we have to have, we can do a combination of mitigation measures. Like we're already doing that stuff. Yes. We already do have the rapid tests and whatnot for all that kind of stuff. So he's like, he's not proposing anything new or anything that we're not doing. And nobody's suggesting that, you know, nobody's suggesting not to have mitigation measures for people who can't. And, you know, and if we need them for any other reason mm-hmm. that can come up. So, uh, but he went out on the limb, you know, the, the Trudeau, like two days before the election, you know, came out and said that, you know, vaccine mandates, you know, vaccine passports are going to be, a, well, mandates particularly are going to be a thing. Right. And, uh, you know, and O'Toole made a big deal of, again, trying to avoid answering that question about, you know, his own MPs and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And you get to this point in the campaign where, and this is the thing where that which really surprises me because like you know again we've said this sentence a lot like the mafia but without the loyalty mm-hmm. these three premiers flipped on vaccine mandates within 24 hours and i'm not sure they let the o'toole campaign know <laughs> seems to me that you know if i were going to do that i would be calling him saying like listen you know about one week before we're gonna have to do this so i don't think we're gonna be able to make this you know, stretch this out until the campaign is over. And that's why I think that that rumor that you mentioned at the beginning Mm -hmm. has some credibility to it because Ford went early and then three of them went in 24 hours. Yeah. 
right? Three seems like a coincidence. Well, you, you got to begin right. to wonder. Sorry, if- it seems like too many coincidences yes. to be a coincidence. Yes. So it seems to me like this. And again, like this now, this makes me sound like a conspiracy nut, of course. Mm-hmm. But that there was a deal. And the reason why we didn't see Kenny all that time was because there was a deal like mm-hmm. this, that if he had to take any measures, he would take them from the 21st on. Yeah, after the election. But obviously, it was too late to do that. You couldn't couldn't push it any further. No. And I mean, he'd been missing in action for weeks, kind of like Ford has been missing in action for about a month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and kids are starting to go back to school and certain schools, you know, schools in Shut PI that down. closed and some in Toronto. That, so, like, this is the time, right? And we talked about this, you know, I said, like, about three weeks after, you know, mm-hmm. like this. We're talking about, like, the 21st is exactly three weeks. Some schools started a little earlier. Like right. in Quebec and other places. And, you know, you're looking and you say this, this would be about the time that we'd be seeing schools closing, closing down and kids getting sick. And yeah. sure enough, and there, there was a child, I believe, in the, the Waterloo area that died. 10 years old, 10 years of age. Yeah. So, so, for, so for those a-holes who go on about, oh, it's only seniors with comorbidity. Shut up. A 10-year-old child just died of COVID. Yeah. That so can't be vaccinated, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this. They, it seems to me that there would have been a call about a week before saying, you know, like, Aaron, we're really going to have to do this. So, you know, you might want to start pivoting <laughs> on your, on your anti-mandate thing. Well, didn't, so, so I think they were caught by surprise. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and, and we all know that Doug Ford has $4.4 billion that went missing. And then we just discovered that there was another $2.2 billion that was supposed to be spent on mitigating uh, HVAC, in, in, which is, you know, ventilation in schools. And that money has not been spent. So add that up, 2.2 and 4.4, that's 6.6. You throw another six in there and you've got one devil of a premier. Mm. 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 Oh, you go places that make me cringe sometimes. <laughs> I, I just, I, mm. um, I, I, I understand the feeling. Yeah, I understand the feeling. I mean, there's a certain callousness. You know, you realize that pe- you had all this time to put ventilation in the schools. There again, there are people that do not even have an option. Right. To be vaccinated. Like, the iron ring around the long-term care homes in Ontario. The iron ring is around the shareholders, just not the residents. Just all the wrong priorities. Yep. Hey, it's only money, man. That's all he cares about. It's all the wrong priorities. The and he only cares about taking it because he clearly doesn't give a damn about investing it into the populace. Because there's $6.6 billion. 4.4 that's not accounted for. And 2.2 which was not spent. It's just sitting there. So, yeah. Um... Like I said, the priorities are wrong and mm-hmm. the decisions that flow from them are wrong. Uh, but what was really interesting about all of this situation for me is because in the last episode, you know, you were mentioning Doug Ford and I said, I don't know. I think the surprise may be coming from Kenny. And that was on the 12th. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, <laughs> a couple of days later. So, but uh, this leaves uh, O'Toole in the really unenviable position and again i almost feel sorry for him uh, of being the cheese who stands alone Mm -hmm. 
because he's the only one out there now. Yep. Against the vaccine mandates and the vaccine passports. So you have this guy uh, that's uh, in the final week of his campaign uh, who's got a question he can't answer uh, and who's tripping him all rather than just trying to answer or deal with it. He's desperately trying to avoid the answer, Mm -hmm. right? Avoid answering, which just gives the question legs. It's going to be asked every day until he gives an answer that's somewhat satisfactory. And once he gets an answer that's satisfactory, then the next obvious follow-up question is, why did it take you so long to come up with an answer that's satisfactory? And he doesn't have one like this. He, he just doesn't have an answer. No. And, 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 uh, and when you add that to the series of flip-flops, right? I mean, we've had the flip-flop on more than one flip-flop on guns, actually, because there was the flip-flop on this policy, but then it's policy was that he was going to keep the order in council and then but then have a review well if you're going to then have a review and that means you're opening the door to the possibility that the review might actually do what your original policy (laughs) intended in the first place all you did is kick it down the road um you know the 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 change in his housing starts uh you know the houses would have been built in the first three years now it'll be started within the three years his flip-flop on uh on healthcare is two flip-flops about the escalator which is only going to be three and a half percent for the for the first three years rather than six and then uh, less than 3.6 billion dollars uh, rather than 60 in the first four years uh then you have uh his flip-flop on uh uh, conscience rights for doctors to not refer women for abortions, uh, which he flip-flopped on that, but then opened the door again on abortions by saying he would respect province's decisions and he would never ever interfere with a provincial decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got uh, the flip-flop on climate change, where now uh, the carbon tax stuff is now a choose-your-own-adventure for the provinces. So, you know, if you like the thing that Trudeau already has, then he's not going to touch it. And, I mean, he's just trying to beat all things to every person, right? Again, and he too yeah. would have benefited from picking a lane. He um, didn't. Uh, yeah. And then we get to the irony where he turns around and says, well, you know, we're not your dad's conservative party. And then he trots out grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, so, uh, which again, you know, like this love him, hate him, Mulroney, you know, like this, I, you know, personally, I don't despise him that much. I mean, at the time I didn't, I did not like him. Uh, I have grown for more respect for some of the things that he tried and how he tried to be transformative. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yes, yes. But, uh, you know, and how he's been a Team Canada player. Uh, but to see him at this event, you know, when the whole narrative, the whole, whole narrative that Aaron O'Toole has been trying to present is, hey, I'm just like you and I'm nice and cuddly and I'm not scary like this. And hey, look, you know, like I said, I even brought Brian Mulroney. Remember the good old days of the progressive conservatives, the guy you gave like, you know, <laughs> an actual majority to? Yeah. yeah, isn't he great? And then Brian Mulroney comes up and then starts weaving a narrative about how they're going to be t- tough decisions to make, you know, and you know, regardless of what Aaron has been saying on the campaign, you know, he is going to be the transformative guy to make those tough decisions. Wait, wait a minute. What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's the whole opposite narrative. You invited, it's just, uh, you invited him to add credibility and to prove that you were going to tack to the middle. And he's saying that you're just, yeah, yeah. We'll just like, 
you know, elect him. And then, you know, all the things that you need him, the big things, you know, that he says he's not going to do because right now he, he's just offering you know, to offering to, you know, to take off the GST in December and, mm-hmm. you know, and give you a tax credit rather than $10 daycare. I mean, he's not proposing really big things. Then all of a sudden, like he's going to like make big decisions that transform, transform Canada. For the future, what in the mean? vein of John A. McDonald, the guy whose name we're erasing from yes. everything right now. Uh, uh, not well, uh, and, and let's not forget uh, former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney did take a paper bag full of money from Carl Heinz Schreiber and then left. Yeah, but you know what? I'm starting to long for those days. There's a certain part of me that is too, yes. When it just used to be about a paper bag going under the table or on an envelope? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Those were the days. <laughs> I mean, just, oh my God. So, but I mean, uh, Jenny Byrne, uh, one of the conservative strategists, has an expression called tripping over your dick. <laughs> That's basically what happened here. Yeah. This like this. And meanwhile, you have the competing event, you know, with uh, Jean Chrétien and Hazel McCallion, who's now 100. I mean, that woman's indestructible. Yeah, no uh, like this. And, you know, uh, and the events don't compare, you know, like there's a lot of people tried to criticize Trudeau's event for like being, you know, it, right. They're just throwing everything right now. Right. The big super spreader event. And oh my God, how dare you invite these old people to an event where they could get killed? Like, as if they care, give two craps about what happens. They to don't give a He's still um, so, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, again, it was two people doing the same thing and true, true to word better again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, and then, of course, we had um, another potential tripping over your dick moment when uh, Trudeau turned off to a protester and said, you know, uh, don't you have a hospital? Yes. Yeah. To be protesting. And that's all I knew of that until we found out the next morning. The that context, uh, right? The protester had called his uh, wife a word that rhymes with um, Polly Shore. Yeah, Polly Shore. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't think anybody is going to, uh, you know, uh, punish a man who defends his wife's honor. Well, uh, you, know. you remember when Frank Magazine had a contest to deflower Carolyn Mulrooney? Oh, and God. Brian Mulrooney was no longer the prime minister. He was a father at this. Well, he was the prime minister when this took place, but he stepped out of the prime ministerial role to make the comment as a father. And any father would have. He goes, this is crossing the line. You've crossed the line. He says, somebody should go down there with a gun or something and, and let them know what's going on. He went a little bit too far, but again, he was a father defending his daughter. Yeah. So, you know, they go, don't you have a hospital to be pro? Yeah, it's because the guy called his wife a pretty horrible thing. I thought he showed an incredible amount of restraint. I did too. Right? Right. Because I would not have been able to hold back. <sighs> so. You know, you know, yeah. I, I tend to speak my mind. And <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the, these are all things that are like trying to be spun. Yes. Uh, and who's then, spinning uh, it? Aaron O'Toole the... starts talking about the border again somewhere yeah. along the way. And, you know, as we say, you know, if, if you're conservative and you're in an election, you're talking about the border. It's because mm-hmm. you're losing. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Uh, and. Uh, the, the, the troubling yeah. part of that whole con- that whole contextual don't you have a hospital to be protesting in front of. They kind of left out the whole part of what took place and why he said that in the media. 
Yeah. That's irresponsible journalism. I get they're going for clicks and whatever, but you're really building a, a bias. Yeah. That bit came after and it came soon after, but yes. I mean, it's still, it did come after. It should right? have been right at the time. This is what he said. And this is why he said it. Then yeah. people would go, okay, yeah, you, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to get mad about that. Mm-hmm. I would have done the same thing or worse. Yeah. So, uh, Aaron, you know, he's, I, I, I have to say it, you know, it's, uh, the total abandonment mm-hmm. at this point, you know, uh, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to break my rule. It, it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, it's. Totally deserved, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, because you know he he had he came out with a plan. Mm-hmm. This and the liberal mistake is that they gave him too much runway. Yes, right. We, we talked about the liberals saving it all for the end, and I'm saying I I don't know. You want to start out hitting hard, mm-hmm. and maybe then you want to pull back and like you know for the real campaign after Labor Day, but just. They were absent, you know, and they in had the first to scramble. Week, they like weren't there. Week, it's somewhere in week two, week three, to start bringing out some big announcements and get back in the game. Uh, they so were dealing with Afghanistan, away. though. They were dealing with Afghanistan at the time. So I, I get it. But still, if you're campaigning, you should have some people on the campaign to take care of the campaign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so he had a lot of runway, and so did Mr. Singh. Mm-hmm. Like and, and Mr. Singh and Mr. O'Toole will, you know, ha- have the same problem at this particular moment. Uh, so and uh, they got a lot of coverage, uh, and for Mr. O'Toole, fortunately slash unfortunately, that coverage put him in first place, which then of course turns the lens of scrutiny, mm-hmm. because now he's you know not also ran but potential prime minister. So the free passes he was getting in the first week or two first second week that started to change, um, and uh, by coming up in first uh that sort of uh hindered the ndp and the jagmeet and jagmeet singh because uh uh the election became more like more of a traditional election between the two big parties you know battling it out for the lead and you know him also uh, in the also ran status despite the fact that for the first three weeks media was often given mr singh top billing mm-hmm. as if he was you know leading the progressive movement in canada as opposed to uh the liberal leader at the moment um so uh but he's gotten to this point of the campaign uh well we, throughout the campaign we found out that there's no substance Right. Not much substance, right? I have a plan. I have a plan. I have a plan. I have a plan. And now we're at one week uh, before the end of the campaign. And yep, he's tripping over his dick, as the mm-hmm. expression goes. And we realize he has no plan. He has no plan. He they forgot. He forgot to think about how he ends the campaign. He has no closing argument. None. Zero. And Jagmeet Singh is in the Jagmeet Singh's in the same spot. And I, I'm, mm-hmm. I notice I keep on saying the Jagmeet Singh because that's his Twitter handle. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm trying not to make the mistake. <laughs> uh, uh, but I've, I've noticed I've been saying it often. Um, he, he's in the same boat uh, because his was, well, you know, everything's awful and it's Trudeau's fault. Uh, and I'm going to do everything that Trudeau did, but I'm going to do it better and faster and more of it. 
Uh, Which and is a you cute can trust me uh, because you know I'm likable Jagmeet, mm-hmm. and you can't trust him because well you know he's had six years. <laughs> Like this, of course, you know, like I said, you know, but you know, during those six years, the fact that there was a Trump for four years who tried to, you know, throw mm-hmm. our trade deals into turmoil and we had to like, you know, coddle him. And then that, you know, he was gone and we like had enough time to just to breathe. And then COVID hit us. Yes. Right? Uh, and plus an insurrection south of us that made us wonder if we need to start building a wall. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, the guy's. Yeah, this guy has never had the chance to be the prime minister he wants to be yet. No, you're right. So, you know, so I, I would, uh, I can see why he really wants another mandate. <laughs> Hopefully, he will get four years and he'll actually be able to actually implement his own agenda without having the whole world try to swallow him up. Let's um, circle back to Jugmeat for a second because he pissed me off the other day. Okay. When he was going on about the clean water on uh, res. Yep. And he's like, Mr. Trudeau didn't, Mr. Trudeau. Uh, again, 110 water bans have been lifted mm-hmm. in the time that he's been here. Also, um, you know, he's kind of been managing the nation through COVID for the last year and a half with a minority government, and they continued to throw up roadblocks, and he still managed to lift 110. Uh, water ban advisories. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Singh was uh, insincere the other day when he was going on about Trudeau's done nothing to improve this. It's like, actually, he's done more than anybody in history. Yeah. Like, what are you, why are you gaslighting this, the Canadian citizenry? Why are you doing this? You are lying. You know you're lying. And I have no respect for liars. Like, none. Yeah. Yeah, he's led a he's led an incredibly dishonorable campaign. Unbelievably so, and I had so much hope for the guy. Yeah, yeah. But nope, sorry, dude, you've you've blown it. You've lost well, me. Yeah. Well, he finds himself in the same position and on the issue that we talked about the twelfths, right? His mm-hmm. environmental uh, mm-hmm. issues, um, and uh, there were. Um, uh, Rosie Barton from CBC did a series of four interviews, uh, you know, uh, where the leaders got to spend some time with the Canadians that were leaning towards their parties, but still undecided Mm -hmm. and asking a few questions. Uh, And, uh, you know, O'Toole's was doing very well until about the last 10 minutes when the Kenny stuff came up and then, you know, it just like imploded. But Jugmeet Singh was somewhere in the middle. Uh, And, he again, you know, he's been. This is his second election campaign. The other one was just about two years ago, and the mm-hmm. issue of TMX and Northern Gateway was happening then. Right. Uh, the old growth logging wasn't as a salient an issue then as it is now. Mm-hmm. But in any province, can, you know, well, there's really two that is currently <laughs> led or may soon be led <laughs> by a provincial NDP <laughs> premier, mm-hmm. any resource project. He has no opinion. Yes. He has no answer. Like this, and on Transmartin, he keeps on going saying, I never would have bought it. I never would have bought it. Yeah, but we did buy it and we do have it. So what would you do? And him, like, same thing with Aaron O'Toole with, uh, with the guns. I will have a review and then I will make a decision. And so what will be your criteria? What's in the best interest of Canadians? Like, I mean, can you get any vaguer? There's no answer there. And There's Rosie no held his feet to the fire on that one, and I loved her for it. 
She yeah. wasn't letting any of them get away with it. Yeah, exactly. So we're in a situation where we're ending, you know, this. Uh, oh, and by the way, Enemy Paul did herself wonderful in those uh, in that mm-hmm. interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like she's either she's really happy that we're near the end of it or whatnot, but she was just so relaxed mm-hmm. and engaging and charming and everything. Uh, oh God, you know, uh, <sighs> if she would have had a fair chance, I, I don't know. Like I said, I still don't know what happened before that would have led to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, but, I mean, th- th- there's no doubt that when it comes to uh, having a political discourse, uh, she's got the stuff. Uh, indeed. She's got the stuff. She's got it in spades. She knows her stuff. She's, uh, you know, uh, uh, she's engaged. She's, you know, she seems that she's... Uh, really uh makes connections with people mm-hmm. uh she's had a very rich life herself yes. uh with a whole bunch of experiences to draw upon uh, so you know it's it's a shame we didn't get to real see the real her uh throughout uh but ironically uh for the greens uh you know we were talking at a few episodes that uh lady smith and Nanaimo seem to be turning back mm-hmm. for paul manley uh while well, there's a writing in kitchener uh, the one that the liberal uh, MP had to drop out of. Uh, and it seems that that liberal MP uh, threw his weight behind the green candidate. And uh, that candidate is caughtly contesting sometimes in the lead in that writing as well. So Annamie Paul may get out of this election, could possibly get out of this election with three seats. Which would be a huge gain for that party. Considering that we thought you know, would there even be one mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. one point? Cause things were going so bad. Um, so th- that was a, you know, it, it's nice to be able to have some nice things to say, uh, but the greens are closing strong. Uh, the, the block leader obviously wasn't interviewed uh, in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, good news on that one, at least based on the polls yesterday, the uh, surge in Quebec based on the English debate, at least seems to have, uh, um, stopped Mm -hmm. i don't think that there's a decrease yet uh but the rise has stopped and the liberals have been able to uh tick up a little bit in the polls there so uh again depending how things break in the last uh in the last few days uh you never know you just never know Uh, but we have a situation now where in the closing days uh Mr. Singh does not have a closing argument other than Trudeau's awful or, you know, or that, you know, they're both pretty bad. Right. So choose me. Uh, Aaron O'Toole is basically going to be running away from Jason Kenney's shadow. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) Justin Trudeau now has uh, the election question that he always wanted about vaccine mandates and vaccine passports. Uh, It sort of came to him, but he's got it. And the question of why it is that we're having an election is fading in the final days. Mm -hmm. But even if it is still being asked, he has an answer. Now, it may not be a satisfactory answer for some, and it may not be an answer that some like, but he has an answer. Right. He has a closing argument. Well, the other two don't. The, uh, I guess it was, he was in St. 
St. John, New Brunswick last night, Mr. O'Toole was. I think it was mm-hmm. St. John. And he went on and on again. Apparently, I, I haven't seen it, but apparently in the 40 minutes he was on, 20 minutes English, 20 minutes French, he said 19 times in English and 19 times in French. Justin Trudeau is spending $600 million on an election nobody wanted. But you and Jugmeet were calling for it back in January. Yeah. You desperately wanted an election. Now you're saying you didn't want it. Uh, pick a side. Pick a lane. Stick with it. But he can't do that. He flip-flops more than my Javianas do. I mean, my goodness. And, and again, this $600 million, $600 million that went straight back into the Canadian economy. Mm-hmm. We didn't throw the money into the into the ocean. I mean, people are getting paid. There are jobs that have been created for this election. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it's like if you're in the final week of the election and your argument, you know, I, your argument still is like, why are we having an election? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, you're clearly not meant to lead anything. I don't think the man could lead a one-card parade, but that's my opinion. I mean, it's just, I cannot believe that these people, I can't believe that the guy that went in as the man with the plan doesn't have, didn't have a plan for a closing argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a plan, I've got a plan, I've got a plan. What is it? They, he, doesn't, it he doesn't have an exit strategy. <laughs> it just boggles my mind. I just and I mean I, now I'm sure like I'm sure the guy and nobody in the campaign expected three premiers to flip on the core issue of the campaign now, yeah. which is vaccine mandates and leave them twisted. But I mean, there's literally I, I don't know if there's a province that that's against it now. Well, so uh, who's he fighting for? Why, why do they call it a vaccine passport? I call it an immunization record that I've had my entire life. Yes, <laughs> this is not new, people. I know, I know, but you know, it's, you got to package it and frame it, and you know, you got to construct a political enemy, even if there isn't one, because it's easier to fight against something than to fight for something. So, I guess. and but this is what's like this: we've seen like the erection of lots of political enemies mm-hmm. on the part of the NDP and the Conservatives, and all of them have gone up in smoke. Oh yes, and I just I cannot I I I. I as a communications person, like this is malpractice and this is incompetence. Like how do you leave yourself with five days in an election campaign to go and no message? I have a plan. You don't have a plan. You never had a plan. You just proved it to us. Yeah. (laughs) Just proved it to us. Yeah. Your plan was to try to lift a liberal platform. <laughs> put yourself on a cover of magazine because Justin's been on the cover of magazines. Get lots of pictures of you working out because Justin works out. It's <laughs> he lives in their eat. in their head rent free, right? I mean, I mean, like, come on, man. Yeah, just like, come on, come on, come on. Uh, it's you know when when we said that he had multiple personalities that were fi- that were fighting. It's <laughs> It seems, unfortunately for Aaron, it's like he couldn't keep like four or five compatible personalities that he can switch from. He kept like the two dominant personalities on each side of the spectrum. <laughs> He's just got two left and they can't, and two, then those two can't coexist. So one of them must go. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, that's not where you want to be five days. You don't, in the last five days, you do not want to have people asking, who are you? <laughs> really? 
Who are you? We have no clue who you are. And Andrew Shear had this. I, this is the thing I can't believe. It's like it's the exact same problem as Andrew Shear, but it's the whole other way, mm-hmm. right? Andrew Shear was like about his life. You know, we didn't know he had dual citizenship. Like we didn't know he was never really an insurance broker. We well, didn't know, and that was about, cute. You know, the nine hundred thousand dollars and very generously funded by the taxpayer political donations that he used yeah. in some way that the conservative party will not let us know because they've hidden the report and Aaron O'Toole who's all about anti-corruption and whatnot has not made a statement about making public yet. Cute right. Data. Uh, and you've got Pierre Poiliev already posting on Twitter. Like, you know, it's like some people call, you know, the people call me a pit bull. It's like, dude, the body isn't even cold yet. <laughs> he wouldn't be a chihuahua on his best day. I was thinking it could be so frise, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a yippy one. <laughs> Just like, dude. Yeah. It's like Peter McKay at least waited till the election was over before he plunged the cold steel in the back. I was like, the election, they haven't even, we haven't even started counting votes yet. You know what I hear every time uh, Pigeon Pierre opens his mouth? Me, 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 me. That's all I hear out of him his whiny little nasal voice i want to punch him in his stupid face seriously again the pacifist in me <laughs> i know and i don't believe in violence but every now and then violence is necessary but here's the thing wanting to punch him in his smug little face human actually doing it illegal correct, correct. <laughs> what i want to do and what i will do are two different things <laughs> right i will not act upon my emotion mm. mm-hmm. but i'm allowed to have the emotion i i have a little expression that i say that there are certain people for whom the bitch slap was invented oh yeah yeah mm. but again fantasizing about doing it mm-hmm. human Right. Actually doing it wrong, 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 wrong. I completely agree with you. <laughs> I'm not advocating for anybody to do that, by the way. I'm not. <laughs> yes. We need to be very clear, especially in this day and age. Yes. I'm not uh, advocating violence. Again, sometimes violence is necessary. Uh, I'm not denying that because nothing else works in circumstances. I'm not asking somebody to go up and punch Pierre Polyev in the face, okay? Please don't do that. I'm sincere. Please don't do that. Just because I want it to happen, I don't think it should happen. Mm. That's maturity. I hope so. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to get near the end of this episode. And, uh, well, in two days, it will be election day. And there are certain things that we want to happen. Mm -hmm. And we hope that they do. Yes. Uh, Any words of uh, wisdom, Mr. Grizzly? Don't punch people in the face, first off. Uh, don't, don't do that. Try and, try and um, think, uh, when you go to the ballot box on Monday and you're about to cast your vote, consider which party will do the most to help you, your friends, your neighbors, your loved ones, and including the neighbors you don't like. Remember, a rising tide lifts all boats. So make the vote for the party that's going to help the most people and not just a select few wealthy ones. Mm -hmm. So I'm not telling you which way to vote, but please don't vote conservative. That's it. Just don't vote for them. Anybody else, the ballot is yours to choose from. 
My uh, only words of wisdom is vote with joy. Well, yeah. You shouldn't be angry when you mark that ballot. Yeah. Vote with joy. And again, as I keep on saying, vote for what you want for your future. Yes. Not based on what happened in the past. The past is past. Vote for the future. And we've had 36 days to watch you know, these leaders go. And I am a very big believer that regardless of there's what your political stripe is, and then you make a column for that, you know, and you give, you know, your parties a score on that. Uh, But then you should also look at who ran a professional and competent campaign Mm -hmm. with some substance And then that's the second column. And then the third column is just are the people for whom you are about to vote people who seem to genuinely like Canadians. Yes. All of them. All of them. Not just the ones that vote for them. All of them. Are the people for whom you're voting, even if you don't agree with them, or maybe you do agree with them. Uh, well, you know, if you're voting for them, you probably do agree with them. But, but for the things that you don't agree with them, is, are they still, in your mind, decent, good people? Because that matters too. We have to vote for good people. Indeed. Good people who actually like the people they are seeking to serve. And cast the vote with joy. So that's the end of this episode. Uh, we welcome feedback in the form of compliments, bribes to be on the show, constructive criticism, gentle corrections if we got anything factually incorrect, happy stories of things that have happened to you, your dear ones, and stories about how you plan to vote. And uh, 5.8 million Canadians have uh, voted uh, early. Uh, which is an uh, uptick. That's a record uh, number, is it not? Yes, it is. Uh, now, is that simply vote getting out early because people have heard that there are uh, 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 fewer sites at which to poll and that there might be l- longer lines? Uh, mm. They were afraid because of COVID and just wanted to get done early, or is it a sign? In this election, we really don't know. There's no way but, to know. Uh, but 5.8 million Canadians. So like, yeah, you did, Canada. Yeah, you did. <laughs> good stuff. Pat yourselves um, on the back, kids. You did a good job. Yep, yep. So you can do all of that on our Facebook uh, blog page at the True North Eager Beaver or at True Eager on Twitter. Uh, if you like this and if you have friends that think that would like this, please tell them that they can find us on Google, Spotify, Apple, and Mixcloud. And if you particularly like this episode uh, and you wish to encourage us to do more, well, we work for tips. Uh, please feel free. Feel free. Please feel free to buy <laughs> <laughs> some uh, gummy uh, worms for uh, <laughs> Mr. Grizzly here, or Just a mug of hot chocolate, or cookies, cookies, cookies. We like cookies. For me, via our coffee page at ko hyphen. 
ko hyphen fi backslash eager beaver that's coffee ko hyphen fi.com backslash eager beaver all in one word and lowercase letters um <laughs> and uh we'd like to give a shout out uh to kit linda who has uh i mean i think kit linda must be like our hall of fame all-time uh sponsor or patron or donor uh she left us a, a wonderful uh tip and uh, about our episode compassion she said uh, i was hoping that canadians were fair-minded enough to avoid the type of displays we've had to witness and disappointed to see i was wrong i've been absenting myself for it from my own mental health but it helps to listen to your calm thoughtful level of discourse thank you well thank you that's a beautiful compliment Indeed. and um you know uh that's what we're here for absolutely we're here for you know we uh keep on saying we do a lot of it so that you don't have to yes Uh, yeah and then uh on our uh a few episodes ago uh i believe it's i'm gonna pronounce this i hope i pronounce it correctly because i asked about the pronunciation uh sent us uh kit dia sent us a message that i just finished listening that is an excellent podcast. Thanks for a lot for creating this invaluable content. Um, yeah. So there you go. Feedback nice. is really nice. Even if it's, even if it's uh, a negative or detracting, feedback is nice because it gives you an idea of where you stand. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, and uh, we weren't getting a lot of feedback over the summer because kids were leaving, the, you know, their best lives and of stuff. Course. But it's nice to know that as uh, September comes back, uh, we're hearing from them again. That's nice. Yeah. It uh, makes you feel good. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I think we need to uh, thank some sponsors. I've uh, unfortunately lost where I... <laughs> <laughs> the Pepper there's, Master, there's, Corvid there's Moon no, Publishing. Yes. Uh, and canadiantarot.com uh, and yeah uh, I think this is a bit of a mess you're, you're stumbling you're stumbling my friend these things do happen he's got the giggles uh, now too okay you know what let's say goodbye now I will cut and I'll find what the extra is so I can read the closing credits because they've disappeared from my screen no worries Uh, there we go. Now we found our spot. From the Beaver Lodge, this is your eager beaver saying, until next time, dear kids, it can be a tough world out there, so be kind to and gentle with yourself. The True North Eager Beaver Podcasts, Beaver Bites, is an Eager Beaver Mr. Grizzly collaboration. Copy written by, uh, yeah, no, we did not write this. Like, clearly, we did not write this. <laughs> Pretty obvious, I think. <laughs> Recording, production, and editing by Mr. Grizzly. Music courtesy of Ben Sound Royalty Free Music. Once again, thank you to our founding sponsors. I think they believe to be thanked twice for this episode. Yes. Uh, the Pepper Master, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. And uh, hopefully we'll be able, this might be our last episode, but hopefully we'll try to get one more in for you uh, before it all goes. Uh, as some of you may know from uh, the blog, 
website and uh, the Twitter site. I will be working as a registration officer on the election for the 20th, uh, which means that we can't comment on the day of the election. Nope. Uh, so uh, if we have a chance to get some updated polls from today and uh, record a very short something, a wrap up for you, we'll get one out for you. Or maybe but, we'll do one from the road tomorrow. Yeah, or maybe one from the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be fun. Uh, so yeah, so okay, we'll try to get one more out for you, so uh, so that you can make the most informed decision possible. But uh, that's it, kids. Uh, I guess sorry for the messiness of this one. It happens. Spontaneous, <laughs> it happens. man. Spontaneous. It's spontaneous. This is it. This is flying without a net. Exactly. See you soon. Hello, kids. It's Mr. Grizzly, your friendly neighborhood grizzly bear, who is asking you. How much you like this program? And I'm asking you if, well, you like this show, you like what you hear, and we're happy to do this for you, if you'd be willing to, you know, throw us a couple of bucks as a tip. And the reason we do this, with the reason we ask this question is because there are some production costs involved. We're happy to give this to you, but, you know, feel free to send us a couple of dollars over uh, coffee.com. And now, the website is ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver. Dollar, two dollars, fifty cents, whatever, whatever you can spare. It helps us with our production costs. Mr. Beaver. That's right, Mr. Grizzly. Uh, if you go to our coffee page, the recommended donation is three dollars, but it can really be anything you want. Um less or more if you happen to like this show especially um we reinvest uh in the show uh as you can tell uh, the sound quality has improved since uh episode one and uh you know we want to see where this show can go uh hopefully we can maybe get some correspondence uh one day um maybe film it uh, for youtube uh if uh, you guys have any suggestions of what you'd like to see the show become of course those are always welcome uh because you know we do this for you um so yeah uh Every little bit helps, and of course, if you can't afford anything and you just like the show, then please, you know, that's quite all right. Send us some comments. Let us know what you think of it. Uh, that means just as much to us, too. And don't forget the website, www.ko-fi.com backslash eager beaver. Thanks, eh? Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.